The Real Estate Unsuccess Stories podcast features people from the real estate community sharing real stories about their struggles, pains, and even losses during their own real estate journey. We share these real experiences so you can learn from them and build a successful journey of your own. Now, here's your host, Cody Lewis, one of the managing partners at Vindu Capital, located in Charleston, South Carolina. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to the show. I'm so excited to have you all back, but let me tell you, I'm even more excited for our guest today. He is the Investor Relations Specialist over at Happy Camper Capital, Don Spafford. Don, thanks for joining us today. How are you, sir? Hey, Cody. I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Listen, the pleasure is all mine. I know we see each other a bunch on the networking circuits, on the on the Zoom calls and stuff like that. So it's been a long time coming. I'm glad we, we were able to, to work out each other's schedules and get you on here. I'm super excited to have you today. For those that maybe haven't run into you on these circuits, run into you in person, heard you on other shows and stuff like that. Would love to let the audience know a little bit about your origin story, where you're from, how you got started in real estate and what you find yourself doing these days. Yeah, thanks. I'll try to keep it brief. But as of right now, I live in Idaho Falls, Idaho. And most people probably have no idea where Idaho Falls is at. Uh, If you know about Idaho, you think of Boise. Uh, We're on the eastern side of the state. so like about an hour and a half from Yellowstone. Very nice, you know, medium-sized city, you know, big enough, but, you know, smaller than a big city, but a great family, you know, home uh, feel to it. I grew up most of my life around Omaha, Nebraska, though. So that's kind of where I, I really grew up. And then we got into real estate overall about 10 years ago. My wife became a, a realtor herself uh, when we lived in Omaha and uh, started working with investors, you know, almost like right away. And that's really what uh, kind of got my mind more thinking about how can we do it. But it wasn't until we moved here to Idaho in, in 2015 is where I really got more involved and started figuring out how to do it and making it work and finding solutions to make it work. So so we started with that, you know, about our we knew that we wanted to go multifamily, did not want to do a, a single family to start out with, like, like a lot of people do. I knew that there was that economies of scale. So um, we bought a fourplex was our, our first property uh, and uh, planned to continue buying from there. But things just kind of had a different way of happening. And, and I got into more commercial stuff, started doing some ground up development deals, and then end up getting with uh, Happy Camper Capital here about maybe six months ago. And uh, we now purchase uh, RV campgrounds for syndication models. Man, that's awesome. I know we've talked to some other people before about RVs, but I, I love that you guys specialize in it. I don't think I've met a group like yours that, that specializes in doing that. And I think that probably separates y'all from a lot of the different groups out there that, that you know it inside and out. And it's not just part of your portfolio. It, it's what you guys really look at on yeah. a day in, day out basis. So I absolutely love that. But Don, you've been doing this for a while. Like you were saying, I can't imagine everything's gone incredibly smoothly on every deal, on every transaction, on every property. And that's what we really wanted to open up and have you talk about today and help educate myself and the audience. What are some of the things that come to mind when when you were thinking about coming on the show and talking about some of the unsuccess stories, if you will, about what you've seen in your career thus far? Yeah, of course, there's you know several things that we could talk about. Um, and if there's time, we could even cover all of them. But you know, going back to boy, I, I'd say even just the the see, we had experiences with some some bad contractors. If you know, a lot of people have that, so that's not really too unusual. You know, I've had some bad experiences with uh, with some lenders and, and unexpected things that came up with some of the development projects I was in. I've had deals go bad with uh, you know, I, I had a my first partnership attempt at a deal to to buy a smaller multifamily about 16 unit, and you know. Things were going great, paid for the inspections, and everything else. And then, you know, then the partner decided to back out. <laughs> so after, you know, after it already put m- money out for the inspections and things. So yeah, lots of different things that yet uh, haven't always gone perfectly smooth for sure. Well, unpacking that a little bit, I, I know 
for a lot of people, you know, contractors, uh, to your point, I think a lot of people have, you know, some fairly good experiences, but they've all had their fair share of, of bad ones. Talk to me about the, the unexpected dealings with lenders. I, I don't feel like, especially for those that are maybe transitioning from single family over to multifamily, that they understand that different dynamic and relationship it takes with a lender and finding the right one and the different process and things that you have to do. Talk us through what you went through and some of your unsuccesses, if you will, about the, what you saw in your processes and what you've learned along the way. Well, for a lot of people, definitely, you know, starting out, you know, you're, I guess the, the normal is that, you know, you want to get a loan, it's going to be 20, 20 to 25% down payment you need, no matter what, you know, so, so finding a lender that can do something outside of that, it could be a challenge, you know? So that was kind of one of my setbacks initially when I first time wanted to start getting involved with real estate, I was like, man, I don't have 25% put down, you know, but I, I so that wasn't, that part wasn't necessarily a setback for me because I did find a, a local lender for my first property that uh, does 10% down payment. So I want, you know, let people know that there are other options out there. You can get lower down payments if they're hard to find. There's not necessarily every lender does them, but there are some that are available. But one of the setbacks I had actually was when I did my first out-of-state property, using a, a commercial loan, because in, in that area where I was buying this property at, I couldn't find a, a local lender that would do a, say, a low down payment for residential. These were buying, I was buying two fourplexes. So essentially could be two different, two separate residential loans. But again, I was going to need 25% down and that, is going, that would have been quite a bit. But the, the local lenders in this area do lower down payments for commercial loans. So I was like, okay, well, that's interesting. Let's, let's look into that. So it was like 15% down for, for a commercial loan to buy these both together. Uh, which of course means less out of pocket for me. Uh, of course, the terms aren't quite as good, you know, the higher interest rates and shorter, shorter amortization, but it still works. You know, the, the main thing for me was, was getting it. I was like, okay, we'll always refinance later on and we'll figure that out. But, but initially though, the, the problem I was having was in, in, the, in this area, and this is, I guess, not too uncommon, at least in, in this area, in the Midwest. And that was, was even before this one, I, I talked to some other lenders in, I want to say like, it was in Tennessee, I think. And this, this was happening in Arkansas. But I found out a lot of these, at least the, the smaller regional banks there, they reserve the commercial loans for, for local users only. Like, so, so for me being out of state, they're like, we'd love to lend to you, but uh, since you have no local ties here, we, we can't lend to you. We reserve those for, for people here locally. I'm like, yeah, well, that, that stinks. <laughs> I was like, that makes no sense to me. It's like, if, if I'm, you know, from your perspective, you know, I, I'm viable that uh, I'm credit worthy and everything like, well, why is, what's the big deal? I don't understand. I'm still helping your community, you know? So so that was a setback, even for, again, for these two fourplexes I was trying to purchase in, here in, in Arkansas that the first lender I spoke with, you know, the, the, well, the lender himself was like, yeah, we'd love to do this. But then of course they take it to their committee to ask to approve everything. And, you know, even that could, the, the, I guess almost the committee member or somebody, they, they called me directly as part of the committee and asked me like, so what's your local ties to this area? Like, Nothing. <laughs> I've never been there before, <laughs> you know? So they're like, well, how'd you find out about it? I'm like, well, a wholesaler sent me property and I kind of, you know, found some stuff there. So. So it's kind of a, they, they were, they weren't satisfied with my answers <laughs> and they're like, yeah, well, we, we can't, we can't lend you. I'm like, okay, well, so <clears throat> luckily that the lender there that I was working with had a friend at another bank that, that said he could probably do it for you. So, so I was able to still get around that and, and I get the, got the loan with another lender there, but, but going forward, you know, I'm, I'm on a, some other partners and I were, were working on some new construction in, in not too far from this other area, but still in, in Arkansas. And we were running the same type of issue again. You know, the, the the lenders were trying to find that first of all can do construction loan that, that will. You know, nine out of ten of them won't lend to us because we we're not local to the area. We, we, we they want at least one member of the partnership to 
you know, be in the area or, or doing something there, or at least be from there. And, and we didn't have that. So that was definitely something to, to work around and just, you know, make a lot of phone calls, call a lot of banks to find ones that, that will. Well, it, we've heard a similar sentiment before, and I want to put words in your mouth, but what I think I'm hearing is the importance of having strong relationships with, with lenders. Cause it sounds like, you know, the one that yeah. you initially tried to go with while they weren't able to help you, they did suggest others in the area that possibly could. And I, and I have to imagine that's because of the relationship you had built with them and the, the trust and the, the multiple calls and getting to know them, letting them get to know you and that sort of thing. So yeah. how, how important are those relationships from a lender standpoint compared to things? I, I know we hear a lot in the commercial and the multifamily space around having great partners, whether it's in the construction phase having great partners that can help you raise capital if you need it and having those relationships. I don't often hear about the relationships with lenders. How much importance do you put on those types of relationships? Well, I think it's definitely, uh, it should be up there in importance level as much as they are, is with a, uh, with a broker or, or um, agent because you now your, your broker agent brings you the deal, but you know, if, that, if you don't have a lender or unless you get enough capital to purchase in cash anyway, you know, you need a great lender that's on your side as well that, that, that will fight for you. So it's when I find a good lender that, that I like that, uh, you know, personality wise, and uh, I see them providing service, I try to stick with them and, and, and I refer them to other people as well. So when I find uh, you know, you know, I got so-and-so looking for, for, uh, for a lender for something I'm like, Hey, uh, talk to this person, they'll, they'll help you. You know? So for me, that's, that's very essential because I've worked with other lenders again, that I've done deals with, but have not been satisfied with their service, you know, or so I'll send I'll send an email or a text. I don't hear a response back for like a month. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not doing business with you anymore. You know, so, so uh, the ones that are, are, you know, have a high level of service and uh, of course, integrity, the ones that will fight for you are the ones that I want to keep. And, and they know that I'll bring them more business either through myself or if people I'll refer to them, you know, so, and, and the, we've got one now we're working with for, for a different, getting a new different construction deal that we're doing in, in Arkansas that so lender actually started, I think I started talking with him just even like three years ago. I haven't done any deals with them yet, but but uh, he was recommended to me by my property manager, and then uh, later recommended by another person from a, a mastermind that I'm in. That you know, but I've already already had that contact with him beforehand. So like when I heard this other guy from this mastermind say, like, I asked him, "Who do you use in this area?" and he's like, "Talk to this this bank." And I was like, "Oh, I'm already talking to that guy." So I, I bring up that relationship. Hey, you know, you and I have been talking, but you know, you know this guy, you know this guy, you've done deals with them, and they can vouch for me. So so. Yeah, I think it helps on that end for the lenders as well. Like again, if, if especially smaller regional banks that have to present things to committees, you know, even if the committee would say, "Well, I don't know, we, we've never done business with this person before," but but then that lender can speak up and say, "Well, hey, we've we've done you know hundreds of millions of dollars deals with this guy and that guy, and he vouches for him. They're they're you know they're connected. You know, I, I feel I've been talking to him for for over a year. I, I feel comfortable that uh, that uh, you know he's professional. And they'll, they'll you know they'll fulfill their part and won't let us down. So. So it's good having a lender that will definitely, uh, you know, stick up for you and do what they can, you know, even when things may get held up by somebody above them or, or outside of their control, they can, they can come in and, and help push things along. Man, I, I absolutely love that. And I think the value of the relationships, not only just with the lenders, like you were talking about, but also with the, the people in your close circles, your masterminds, you know, whatever, whatever groups you're a yeah. part of are, are incredibly helpful. We're big believers of who not how here. So reach out to, to the people that are around you, your circle, Hey, I have a deal. I'm trying to do this. Who, who do you know that can help me or, or, or who could help me kind of thing? I do want to ask because I feel like this is known, but I, I don't want to assume for anything for our, for our audience. 
how many deals have you or or lenders have you used that are in national banks versus like regional and local banks? I'd say other than my very first primary home mortgage, none. <laughs> okay, yeah. perfect. And, and, and listen, I, I think that's the the case for a lot of people. But to, to help me understand, or at least the audience understand, what do you find value in, or what do you see that's that's better about working with the regional and local banks, even if they're out of state, mm-hmm. out of your territory? versus some of the national places? Well, I think for, for the most part, at least I guess I'm, I'm, I don't want to put words in their mouth because I can't really speak for the lenders, but this is my, my assumption, I guess my belief is, is you know, uh, a lot of these smaller regional banks, of course, they're, they're, they're only known in that area. So they're not, they're not you know, like, like you know, think, think of a national bank, you know, without naming names, I guess, you know, they, you're just a one out of a billion, you know, so, so you know, your, your loan really makes no difference at all on their balance sheet. You know, whereas these small banks are, they're they're trying to build up that that client base and, and you know make money for the bank, so they they can only way they can make money, of course, is by giving out loans. And so they're more willing to be flexible and, and work out deals to, to to make something work. Whereas a national bank is like, yeah, work with us or don't. We don't care. <laughs> you know, so I mean, of course, the, the specific lender would probably love to, but but you know they don't have the full say of what the bank regulation is. You know, so so yeah, the local lenders tend to be more flexible on on finding terms that can work and and be flexible to to not say this is how it is, you accept it or don't. You know, if you tell them, hey, this doesn't work, can we find something else that will work? They'll just say, yeah, we'll, we'll figure something out. Well, and I think too, from from our experience and talking with others as well, they know the area. So when, when you're talking about yeah, investing in a property, you're talking about rejuvenating a, a property, whatever it may be, building from the ground up, they know the area. So they see the vision. You can you can paint that picture for them where I, I feel like the national banks and, and nothing against them. They, they, they serve a purpose. They do a lot of great things for the community. But th- again, to your point, you're just a, a, a blip on a, on a spreadsheet somewhere for them. And, and they don't understand the vision and the scope of how that may impact the community, you know, four states away, 10 states away, whatever it may be down to a local level where that local bank that is like a block away, mm-hmm. it, it knows and they grew up there and they know it and they, they love the project. They love the area and they, they can believe in stuff like that. So I, at least right. my opinion, what I've heard from others, that also tends to be incredibly helpful when you're pitching a project to them. Yeah, definitely. Well, Don, I appreciate you coming on and, and chatting with us. I, I think that that aspect of the relationship of, of building that with a lender and the importance of doing that early and not taking no as an answer, especially if you get that on your first one and being able to continue to try and find somebody that can do what you're looking to do because you believe in the property that much, I think is incredibly helpful. I can't thank you enough for joining us, for for talking about that, being open and honest about what you've gone through. For those that maybe work, want to work with you, learn from you, invest with you in the future, where's the best place people can find you out on the interwebs? Well, of course, they can go to happycampercapital.com on the About Me about us page, I guess you can find my personal profile image there and uh, uh, a link to, you know, set up a time to talk to me directly. Uh, of course, you can also find me on LinkedIn. I'm very active there. I'm on Facebook as well. That's you know pretty much the, the primary places to, to get hold of me. Perfect. Well, well, again, Don, I, I really honestly appreciate you coming on board and, and open up and kind of being honest with us about your experience and uh, what you've been able to do thus far. All right. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. Absolutely. And hey, everyone, thanks for listening and watching. We'll catch everyone next time. You've been listening to the Real Estate Unsuccess Stories podcast with Cody Lewis. Be sure to subscribe today on your favorite podcasting platform so you can catch every episode of the Real Estate Unsuccess Stories podcast.